Hey guys, hope everybody's doing good. Um, things are going well for me. Um, not like, not amazing. Um, I don't think I'm anywhere close to, you know, thinking I'd love to race or anything like that. But like, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, you know, racing requires more than just like the day to day training. So usually what you do is, you know, let's take, for example, a big marathon or, you know, Irish national champs or anything like that. At any time I've been successful and, and, you know, performed well, it's came from, you know, weeks and weeks of, you know, it could be months. Obviously, there's there's years and years and years of training. Like, you know, I, I posted a picture on Instagram the other day and I, I obviously had raced when I was an under 13 boy which, you know, must have meant I was 11 or 12 at the time. And, you know, that's that's 20 years ago. It, it was actually a, uh, a coach from Ireland, one of the Irish endurance coaches, Theresa McDade, sent me it. And I think it was a lovely reminder. Little things like that remind you of how long yourself, your family, the people close to you, how long you've been invested in this, you know, thing that we call running you know it, it's 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 sometimes hard to see it but like you know it's a it's a it's a part of my life it's it's always been a part of my life and you know it it probably always will be um in some form or another whether you know in later life that that came from mentoring coaching even just having discussions about running it will always be there in some way, form or another. I don't I don't think at this point you can, you know, escape it and even, you know, guys, legends from like Athletics Northern Ireland that, you know, still hold like, you know, records and Dermot Donnelly and, and guys like this, you know, like he still, whether he likes it or not, will play a role in athletics. He might not coach. He might not even run himself, I don't know. But every now and again He'll see results. Someone will chat to him about running. It'll come up in conversation. It's just a party for for probably a long, long time. Um, so yeah, twenty years or more potentially, I've been running and racing and competing. But um, back to what I was saying about I don't feel like racing because, like, although I'm doing plenty of training. And plenty of sort of exercise that could potentially, you know, put me in pretty good fitness and pretty good shape. Nothing, neither the training nor my mental approach has been specific to any one goal. And that's that's a really important part of racing. And and so my my kind of objectives over the next lot of months was really just to go back to some 10k type training you know maybe some half marathon type stuff um really just go back to the the basics and the fundamental stuff um you know i, I need to be better with my core work i need to be better with the s and c stuff um and and once you build weeks months um of that sort of like fundamental training and and what we're looking for is is that each week or each each couple of weeks sorry you know, there, there's little progressions in that. And so at the minute, you know, when I first came home and I did my very first tempo around the park or 
um, I'll call it a tempo because, you know, it was pretty hard. It was it was probably um, the kind of effort that I could run for, you know, 10 miles pretty hard. Um, I, I think I would call threshold more like half marathon type effort. So tempo is that little bit harder, somewhere in between 10K and, and, you know, 10 mile, closer to 10 mile than 10K, depending on how hard you're pushing. Um, I think I averaged like 5'11". Um, something like that didn't feel great um, sort of felt like I was laboring kind of felt pissed off to be perfectly honest you know I was frustrated I was also frustrated if you remember back it was it was probably like the beginning of February I know that New York half marathon was in like two or three weeks time and I went to the the sort of the loop that I do in Victoria Park and you know I was really struggling with like three times two miles all that's all I wanted to do is three times two miles um, you know I wanted to sort of maybe be like five minute pace 455 450 I'd, I'd have been happy with that and I barely you know hung on to five minute pace in fact I'm pretty sure I had to cut the last two mile rep down to two by a mile just to hold on to five minute pace so I it, it brought like a big gap it, it showed me this like big weakness and this sort of like area of my training that you know arguably has gone backwards um now i've over the years whenever i've trained for a 10k like the national champs two years in a row the portland 10k that i did two years in a row and and you know with success and ran 28 30 um i've obviously brought that side of things back in a short space of time five six weeks but I've never dedicated more than five or six weeks to this kind of stuff. You know, I've always, I've always finished a marathon, thought it would be a good idea to do a 10K in like six, seven, eight weeks time, maybe. Um, you know, taking my recovery from the marathon, which is probably one or two weeks, and then you know started doing this 10K type training, and then, and you know with great effect. If if you can run a good marathon, and then you bring back some of the 10k to half marathon type stuff you know it can be really useful you can run really well which you know I went and ran 2834 so um and that's 2834 in what I could call it now old money you know I wore a pair of cross country spikes around a track in Portland it wasn't a super quick you know pair of shoes that have been happening now and all of a sudden 28 30 might actually only be 2850 I don't know I don't know what the do we have sort of conversions <laughs> I don't know but you know for me that was a, that was a great day 2830 old money cross country shoes nothing nothing more and um, so it, it was pure fitness that was all fitness there was no other aids whatsoever um, and so it, it, it is a useful thing to do so I've kind of been bringing it back in and you know, this time round, you might find that I do four months, six months of this kind of stuff because it's hard to see that, you know, races are going to exist. And even if they do, like Boston Marathon in September, um, even if these kind of races do exist, I still think it's worth paying a lot more attention to um, that sort of 10K half marathon type stuff because I've sort of seen that it, it can slip away quite quickly. And I'm really good at like the threshold stuff. I'm really good at the marathon type stuff. Um, you know, I can do 18 mile, like I did last Sunday, 18 mile, 
most of it at a very relaxed heart rate and effort. You're sitting around 610 to 620 pace. Um, and then you do four mile a bit faster. And, you know, I have no issue running 450 pace um, and, and even quicker for the last mile, you know, of that 18 mile run. But whenever I go to do um, like kilometer reps with 60 seconds recovery, there's there's very little difference in the speed that I'm running kilometer reps than the speed that I'm doing that four mile at the end of an 18 mile run. And so there lies the problem. You know, that's where there's a gap. That's that's the that's the component and an element of training that, you know, I'm really trying to work on. Um that being said, and this is not an excuse, I don't do a very good job of, you know, like do I say tapering for training or being fresh, you know, like I'm probably going into kilometer reps on Tuesday pretty tired. You know, I've ran 18 miles on Sunday morning. I've ran the last four miles probably at like 4.48 per mile average. And then I've gone that night and done a, a 50 minute, 45 minutes of pretty much all out bike up the mountain climb in Zwift. And so you're probably going to find by Tuesday morning, I'm not in any any state of recovery, you know, to, to execute Ks properly. Um, and that's something I've got to look at. You know, am I supposed to be annoyed with myself about that? Am I supposed to beat myself up about that? Um, did I enjoy the bike ride? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Loved pushing myself. Um, I really get a lot out of those days where for like 45 minutes, you're just like you know hammering it and and you say you kind of tell yourself go as hard as you can for like 20 minutes and then if you want to you know stop you can stop but I just can't I don't have it in me to stop so I just keep going until I get to the top of the mountain and then hopefully I get a PB um but yeah it's been a it's been fun having having you know combining bike with running um, you know, this is not a bike podcast and so I'm not, you know, attempting to go down the road of trying to combine the podcast, but, but it is my journey and, you know, it, you might find that the bike plays a role. It might just be during coronavirus. It might stretch beyond coronavirus. Um, the plan for the altitude camp in two weeks time, I'm not sure if it's going to exist. Um, I'm in the altitude tent right now because, I'm I'm treating it like it is going to exist. So, you know, two weeks before going to altitude, that actually, again, I'm not making up excuses. These are facts. You know, I went into the altitude tent on Monday night and sometimes your first sort of couple of days in the altitude tent, if you're spending sort of 12 hours a night in the tent, you know, sessions aren't always amazing in that sort of first seven to 10 days of being in the tent. But but as long as the effort and the intensity is right, you're still getting the benefit of that session. So, you know, I'm I'm doing Ks on Tuesday. I will go back to altitude. I'm doing Ks on Tuesday. And yes, I told you guys about Sunday and how tough maybe Sunday was. You know, you're probably looking at a three-hour day and the lowest intensity part of the day would have been running 610 to 620 pace for mile rep, or for miles, sorry, you know, the first 14 miles of the long run. And then you're running 440 pace and then you're doing that bike ride that night up the mountain. So 
really really tough day um but I, i'm doing these k reps on tuesday and i'm running like 255 for a k now again not an excuse i'm doing them on a treadmill in the garage and i think what we've found is um the i don't know whether it's the speed of the treadmill i don't know whether it's putting it a one percent gradient i i don't know but I'm finding this t- treadmill pretty tough. Um, I've never, obviously, this is a brand new treadmill. It's a treadmill I bought from my parents. It's a really good one. Um, pretty expensive. Um, but for example, last week I did four by a mile on the treadmill at what would be 450 pace, I guess. 20 kilometers an hour. I think it's 450 pace, which I wasn't delighted to find out. I thought it was actually 448 pace, but it's actually 450 pace. Um, so I did that in the garage and I thought it was pretty tough. That was on the Thursday. And then, you know, obvious on, obviously on the Sunday, I did four miles in one go, 450, 452, 450, 445 without recovery and felt, you know, great. So, I don't know, maybe this treadmill's like fast and so I'm I'm thinking like why am I struggling at two fifty five for a K but you know, maybe it's actually faster than that. But um it's kind of irrelevant. I, I put in a good shift, that's all that matters. I went up there on Tuesday and put in a good shift, but um you know, I'm hoping that I'd I'd really like to get even if it is fast, I'd really like to get those reps down to you know, probably like 250 to 255 pace with a minute recovery. Um, because, you know, that's what I'm capable of. Like, if you can run 28, 30, um, you know, you need to be capable of doing a session like that. Maybe 8 by K, 60 seconds recovery. And, you know, most of them should be close to 250. That's that's uh, sort of standard um, section or session. Um, so, yeah, no, look, it's 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 going well. Altitude, I'm hoping will exist. I'm in the altitude tent now for two weeks. Um, you try to put in 11 to 12 hours a day. It's supposed to be 12 to 14, but 12 to 14 hours a day is a shift to be sitting in an altitude tent. Obviously, most of that can be when you're sleeping, but Nala doesn't give a fuck about 12 to 14 hours a day. <laughs> she, she doesn't care. At 7 o'clock in the morning, she will cry because she needs to pee, bless her. Um, and so it is what it is. Um, so I, I go to bed about nine um, and, you know, I take Nala out for a little walk. She she can pee and stuff like that. And then I go to bed, come back, put her put her to bed and then I can go to bed at like or I can go to bed like nine o'clock and read and sleep through to, you know, maybe seven o'clock. Um, but, yeah, two weeks in the altitude tent and and the the goal there is just to acclimate a little bit. So if you can get used to sleeping at altitude um, and another benefit there is that when you travel, I don't know if many people know this, but hang on, I want a little drink of my cup of tea because it goes cold. Um, one second. So when you travel, the airplane is at a simulated altitude, similar to the hypoxic um, altitude tent. So it kind of makes travel a little bit easier too because it's not like such a sort of initial hit being at like a simulated altitude of like 9,000 feet maybe, for example. Um, because obviously the altitude might go right up to 30-odd thousand outside. Now, I don't know why they only simulate it to like eight or 9,000 feet and why they don't just simulate it to sea level, but I, I don't know. But if you Google airplane simulated altitude, 
you know it, it sits around seven to nine thousand feet i believe um because i remember reading an article that norwegian airlines apparently simulates a bit lower four to five thousand feet and that can sort of if you are traveling and you're traveling to a race supposedly that can make you feel a little bit better and less jet lag who knows so yeah two weeks in the tent and then you know i will travel to dublin airport as normal on a sunday morning and you know hypothetically i'll i'll take off and and start my travel to flagstaff um i'm, I'm a bit nervous about it not not nervous that i would get in trouble or anything like that but just nervous that you know it could become a waste of a day going to dublin and finding out that you know they don't want you traveling or something like that but you know i have my my company that i work for is american based and you know the races that potentially i would run in i told you guys i have a you know a contract with with boston and and at, at the moment boston marathon is from what we have been told is going full steam ahead you know apparently um at the end of this week i'll get my contract and invitation letter so you know that's something that i can obviously show the customs officer and explain that you know boston marathon's coming up and it's my job to train and yeah we'll see i think i think arizona laws are not as strict so you know it's it's strange that in different parts of the world different things are happening and it almost feels a bit unfair but you know in arizona you can still get physio you can still train outside as many times as you want you can still you know have up to 10 people in a household and they can be from different households etc etc so um, different places have have different laws and and that's just you know the way the world works so I think it'd be a good month to, um, you know, what I'm going to say is that like, it'll be a month where I leave the bike at home um, on purpose. You know, I could bring it, but I think it's, um, it would be a hassle. And then not only that, I do think it'll be good for me to um, just focus on running for the month. Um, and, and, you know, the bike was brought in because of the, the two times a day training rule. So it's been very useful here. Um, but you know, I don't need that in Arizona. So, um, that would be exciting. It'd be nice to, you know, be able to go back to some form of full training. Physios are also operating and, and treatment. So, you know, you could find yourself basically back to full training because you can get physio and you can get treatment and, and things like this. So, um, you know, fingers crossed, but yeah, it's been, I'm in a really, a really nice routine. You know, I, like I said, I get up about seven um i usually walk the dog but most of the times the dog will do a mile or two running with me and then i drop her home and and it's all really close proximity the the pitches that we run around could be 300 meters from the front door so um and i and i tend to either finish the run off on those pitches or else i go to victoria park and and finish the run off and then you know a bit of stretching use the normatex um i've been back using the epsom baths then sometimes I'll roll a little bit and and every day without fail I've been napping. Um so like I say, it's it's been a really nice nice routine. I, I weighed myself this morning and I think I've gained about probably about a kilo and a half. I think I was seventy point five kilograms. Um now actually I could say that's two and a half kilograms because you know, I've been known to race at like 68, you could probably say. So, um, but I, but I very rarely, when I spend time at sea level, 
like would ever be 68 kilograms. My my weight at sea level is always like 69, 70. Um, I don't know if that's because I eat differently in Ireland. Um, I don't know if it's because your metabolism at sea level isn't as great. Actually, I know that for a fact it's not. So it probably is linked. Um, and then obviously we are just spending so much time indoors. I would guess there's more eating being done. Um, probably that's a that's another fact. Um, so yeah, I gained a little bit of I wouldn't say fat because you know I'm looking to uh, I'm just being critical. There could be a little bit of little bit of belly hang there over the, but it's because I'm wearing compression leggings. So if you're wearing compression leggings, there's always a bit of skin folds hanging over the hanging over the waistline. Um, but that wouldn't be long shifting. Um, if I was being critical, I would say stop prioritizing the bike over like S and C yoga strength stuff because what what you'll find is I'll do a run in the morning, and then I might do sixty to seventy minutes on the bike, and I find it very hard to go easy on the bike, so it's usually pretty hard. And then I get off the bike, and I'm probably just like, ah, my quads and my hamstrings are already fuming at me. I don't want to do the S and C. But then all of a sudden, when I do K's at 2.55 pace, or I do that four mile at the end of the long run, I can feel my hamstrings talking to me. They're saying, hey, we're struggling. We're not strong enough for this. And so it's because for probably eight weeks now, I haven't done a full S&C session. You know, I usually was doing twice a week a full S&C session, which had hamstring stuff, which had glute bridges, which had, you know, glute raises on the on the on the whatever the platform or um, proper hamstring stuff and and strengthening stuff and core strengthening, you know, squats, kettlebells. Um, if you take anything out of your program, you know, don't think that it'll be for free. Even if you add something else in, like the bike, but what you might find is you've taken S and C out, you've added the bike in, so you're just basically maybe they needed to be, you know, this is the time that they need to be strong, um, and that's the thing. It's it's I have the I have the energy and I have the mental capacity that I would love to, you know, push twice a day, running session in the morning, bike session that night. Um, two or three times a week, you know, maybe that would be Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. I'd be delighted. I have no issue pushing. I absolutely love it. But it's it's your body. You need your body physically to be able to handle that. And then with that comes the responsibility to do the drills, to do the core, to do the S and C stuff. And you know, you you can't be willing to be reckless and push and push and push and not be willing to do the boring and tedious stuff that you know keeps you durable enough to handle all the pushing um so i'm talking to myself there and probably most people listening you know i'll probably sympathize with that and and think yeah he's right you know i do need to get back doing that sort of stuff so yeah look hypothetically may june july august september holy shit hypothetically there could be a marathon in five months time um is that right all of may all of june all of july all of august Oh shit, like four and a half months. Woo, that's exciting. Um, but yeah, who knows? So fingers crossed, um, something, you know, I, I hope, 
Um, I know Ireland recently um, got news on a five-phase plan, and honestly, I'm I'm not a politician, but I think it's so fucking stupid to talk about dates and talk about things that will unravel when you have no idea. You know, you're talking about projections and dates that could exist to allow certain businesses to reopen, and it's very dangerous to start throwing dates out there when. You know, we we have no idea, you know, what will sort of happen. You can predict, but, you know, predictions only go so far. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a silly move. But hopefully, you know, those dates stick and, and people can, you know, at least plan around those sort of dates. Um, I, I think the UK and Northern Ireland are going to release something similar at the end of this week. But the talk is that there will be no dates mentioned because, you know, say you're a, a small business and, you're given a date of 20th of August, you can reopen or something like that, you know, a projection. And, and so you start going, you start putting certain things in place. Maybe, maybe you take out loans, maybe you do. And then all of a sudden you're told, nope, it's going to be two months later. You're going to have a lot of furious small businesses and furious companies and furious employees who might think they're going back to work. So it's very dangerous to put dates out there when um, this is such an unprecedented um event and things like that so um all right no talk about um the the virus that shall not be named um but look i do hope you guys are doing good if you're you know getting into a solid routine with training keep it going if you're not you know it might be time to you know start cracking on